This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, a lot to get into today. Let's start with the number one wide receiver in the 2021 class, number nine overall prospect in the 2021 class, Emeka Egbuka out of the state of Washington. The crystal balls have been rolling in for Ohio State to land. Emeka, not surprising news here, but just your thoughts on this development. Well, we've talked about Ohio State potentially picking up the top two prospects in the state of Washington this cycle after pulling Guy Scott last time through. And honestly, it's, it's a state where if you're Ohio State, you've got to think you're in excellent shape to go in and take some of these top kids. We took one last year. Chris Peterson just retired. So Washington has an unproven head coach. And you're right now you're in the middle of a class where it seems like you're getting everybody you possibly could even dream of getting. So why not go after Emeka Ibuka? Why not go after JTT up there? And right now, Ohio State's in strong position on both of them. Uh, and the flip side of this is, is that if you're Emeka Ibuka, what school right now are you looking at with the terms of wide receiver development the, and, and what assistant coach in the country is going to help you develop your game better than Brian Hartline? And that's what we've seen with Hartline the last two years with this recruiting is, is that it's literally it's off the charts. Uh, I think this is something we talked about when he was made a full-time assistant in the wake of the Zach Smith scandal. And what we talked about was that Brian Hartland can literally sit down across from recruit and go, so you want to be me, huh? They're not going to be like an arrogant dickwad about it, but he's going to be able to say, you want to be me? You know what I did? I got recruited. I played at Ohio State. I started multiple years. I was drafted to the NFL. I signed a $30 million contract. Exactly what I've done is what you want to do, right? And the recruit's going to look at him and go, uh-huh. So he's going to simply look at the kid and go, yeah, so then you should come play for me. And guess what? That has worked with maybe the greatest wide receiver class we've seen in recruiting last year coming to Ohio State, worked with Garrett Wilson coming to Ohio State, and now you're looking at a kid like Igbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, his dad's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and he's putting his son in the hands of Brian Hartline. That's literally all you need to know about wide receiver recruiting for Ohio State right now. They are going to be the program that's dropping first and second round wide receivers left and right under the league going forward. Uh, and I can tell you right now, remember when Michael Thomas came out of school and everybody like kind of just shook him off and let him go to the second round, which I thought was absolutely insane having watched him play in college. Um, and now he's maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. So that's another selling point for Ohio State is, hey, the best wide receiver in the league right now, more scarlet and gray. Do you to come play with us? So if you're Ohio State and you're recruiting wide receivers, it should be like hitting the broadside of a barn with a shotgun. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable what Brian Hartline is doing. I mean, Ohio State has recruited well at the wide receiver position for many years. I mean, he's taken it to a different stratosphere, and it's just so much fun to watch. I mean, he signed what we thought was, you know, perhaps the best wide receiver class in the history of Ohio State this past year. And now he's, you know, on the verge of, of maybe matching it. Uh, it might not be four guys. It probably will eventually. It's going to be at least three. He already has, as you mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got Jaden Ballard, the number one wide receiver from the state of Ohio. Another kid who's a high four-star knocking on the door to be a five-star. And it looks like he's going to land a Mecca Ibuka. Even if they don't land a fourth wide receiver in the class, it's going to be another stellar wide receiving class. And the way he coaches them on the field, too. I mean – this is just – we're giving an ode to Brian Hartline. I mean, count me in. I, I just – he is just doing a phenomenal job, to say the least. Yeah, and it's not just that he's recruiting at an insane chart. It's that we're getting great production from these young receivers. Uh, it's not a coincidence that Justin Fields came to Ohio State and had the record-setting kind of season that he did. Like, we, we could talk about how great of a quarterback guru Ryan Day is, and that's true. Uh, you know, Justin Fields will be his second consecutive first-round quarterback. But at the end of the day, you have to have receivers who can catch the football. And you have to have receivers who can perform at an elite level. And we've seen it with development of young guys since Hartline took over. Chris Olave was not a star coming out of high school. He was a first. He was, he was a good prospect. He was a kid who was a borderline Ohio State kind of level guy, if you look at the recruiting rankings. And now he's widely considered to be an early exit guy who was an impact guy from the time he was a freshman. I mean, remember the block punt against Michigan? I mean, that, that, that was a gigantic deal. For a kid who was ranked nationally as the 68th rated receiver in the country coming out of high school, who was the 400th rated player in America and was a three-star kid, that's development. Garrett Wilson came in, and Garrett Wilson has looked like a star right away. And he's made big catches right away. So you're not only getting kids who come in and, you know, are, are developing, but they're developing and playing right away. You're seeing these young guys – persistently taking over uh, roles from maybe some of these older kids. And it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with this next group this year because you have four star-level recruits coming in. And it's only going to burnish Ohio State's credentials further. Remember what Julian Fleming said during his recruitment. He said one of the major things that influenced him away from Penn State was the fact that Justin Shorter, who was like the number four or five receiver in the country the previous year, kind of fizzled out right away and ended up transferring away. And he didn't think that they were good for his development. That's why Fleming came to Ohio State. And you're seeing this with these young guys. You think Buka doesn't notice the same thing? You think he's not asking Gee Scott what, what, what it was like at Ohio State before he had to go home? So if you're Gee Ohio Scott, State, just real quick, G Scott, you know? Is it G like, instead like, of G? It's like, yeah, just if you're a Snoop fan, G's up. I won't say the second it's half. Not, uh, G's nothing up. but a G thing. Nothing, Nothing but a G, but a G thing, thing yeah, baby. It's just like the letter. It's G. G, Scott. I, I've got to be the whitest dude ever to say G thing, baby. Well, you know but. what it is? I, every, <laughs> no, I mean, other people do it, too. A lot of people do. You know what I think it is? It's because of Gordon Gee. Yeah, oh, that's exactly President what it Gordon is. Gordon Gee. It's like it's like just entrenched in our brain that it's Gee, but it's G, All right, Scott. so, Dave, while we're doing pronunciation practice here, how do we say Jackson Smith's last name? Is it Nigba? Is it Njigba? Like, how do you pronounce that correctly? Njigba. I think it's Njigba. Is it Njigba? Or Njigba? I think it's Njigba it or Njigba. Because I want to make sure, like, I get these kids' names right. But yes. like, yeah, you can tell why people have just been using like the like the, the three letters, you know? Uh, the yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's JSN. 
I, I've even called him on the podcast before people have called us out. Like I've just called him Jackson Smith and people are like, are you just afraid to try his last name? Like you might slip up. It's like, no, I just didn't know how to pronounce it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I've heard people now. These kids a lot of times just won't correct you. Like, poor, like apparently Davon Hamilton has been Davon for a long time. He didn't just change. We were calling him Devon Hamilton throughout his five-year career at Ohio State. <laughs> Turns out he's Davon Hamilton. It's like, oh, sorry, Davon. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's Jackson Smith Najigba. Najigba, okay. Because this happens at every sport, by the way. Uh, my favorite was there's a, kid, a guy in the NHL. His name's – we thought it was Connor Sheary, right? And he won a Stanley Cup and was on, like, three different teams in the NHL. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm 30. My name's Connor Sherry. Thanks, man. You could have just told all of us that right away. How about, so, how about Tyrod Taylor a few years ago when he was with the Browns? He told everybody, by the way, I actually pronounce it Tyrod. And people were like, wait a minute. Like, didn't you go by Tyrod in college at Virginia Tech, too? He was like, yeah, I just didn't correct anybody. You didn't know, Cardell Jones do that? Wasn't uh, didn't he well, say the Cardell was Cardell or – Cardale Jones story is this. There was a Cordale Scott that went to Glenville and kind of blew up. Cordale Scott. My theory on this always was there was nobody really named Cardale. So Cardale himself on Twitter went by Cordale Jones. And I just think he just was kind of uncomfortable. Like just he didn't like the name Cardale until, you know, Cardale became like, you know, you just have to say Cardale. Everybody knows who you're talking about now. And he changed it himself on his Twitter finally. But Cardale used to go by Cordale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, all right. Anyway, finish your thought on Heartline, and then we'll move on. I think my thought's finished. He only brings in the best players and recruits them and then develops them. And this is why Ohio State's going to keep spitting out elite-level players. And, by the way, this is two straight quarterbacks that Ohio State has shown have the ability to throw the football to these receivers to make them look good. And that's something these kids factor in, too, is, is that they look at the roster and they go, Oh, yeah, C.J. Stroud and uh, Jack Miller, one of them is going to be really good after uh, Fields is gone. Who's after that? Oh, Kyle McCord? Yeah, we're going to have guys who can get the football to us, too, because if you're a wide receiver, the worst thing you can possibly do is go to a school where they don't take advantage of you because they don't have a quarterback who can get you the football. <clears throat> Michigan. So you don't want to be that kid. Speaking of excellent recruiters on Ohio State staff, even though he took a two-year hiatus to go do damage in the NFL, Kerry Combs. I want to talk about Kamar Wilcoxon before I get to uh, Jalen Davies. Kamar Wilcoxon, now who knows? Maybe he wouldn't have committed to Ohio State, but it sounds like Ohio State, um, I don't know if they cooled on him or if they got, you know, enough players in the fold or they think they're going to get enough safeties in the fold where they were able to kind of, you know, turn him away. Well, Kamar Wilcoxon committed to Tennessee yesterday, Bax, and Kamar Wilcoxon is ranked as the number 14 safety in the country, young man out of IMG Academy. Number 237 player overall, four-star prospect. Now, again, who knows? I don't want Tennessee fans getting on my case here, but, like, if you believe some of the reports, Ohio State turned him away. This is one of the best players in the country, and Ohio State doesn't even have room for him. That shows you the level Kerry Combs and this staff is recruiting at. Yeah, and a kid, by the way, who is, I believe, close to Tunmisa Deli, right? So the, 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 there's another thing to throw in there. And, look, the truth is, Kamara Wilcoxon was going to be in this class. Bill Green said he was going to put him in in ink, except we kept landing kids that Ohio State had rated higher than him on the board. And eventually OSU said, sorry, man, we like you, but we keep having kids we like just a little bit more. And let's be honest, too. Wilcoxon's been a little more um, – what's the word here? Uh, enigmatic, maybe, or maybe a little bit more um, erratic in his recruiting. Alabama thought they were going to land him before Tennessee landed him. He's decommitted twice from Florida. He wanted to go to Ohio State. Honestly, you, you deal with that hassle if he's a top 
15 kid overall, not a top 15 position kid at a position you've already got two, likely three guys in the class for in safety. So, you know, it is what it is, but this is a situation where Tennessee's having a nice year recruiting. They've really actually done a good job, but they, they got this kid because OSU and Alabama's told him that they weren't ready to take a commitment from him. I mean, it's, it's kind of like how Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards isn't going to Ohio State because Ohio State already landed two of the top five tailbacks in the country, and they just don't have room. So whether he ends up at Georgia or whether he ends up at that school up north, which I doubt, it's going to be because OSU didn't have room at the end. They are going to have room backs for Jalen Davies, um, number 11 corner in the country, number 110 player in the country, a young man out of California. Again, not a done deal, but sure looks like Ohio State's in good position to land Jalen Davies. That would be really nice. Another uh, nice uh, feather in the cap for Kerry Combs. Yeah, that would be a big deal. You just go out and you just kind of casually drop the number 110 kid into your class. And honestly, like, we get so, like, we're so used to how good this recruiting class is, is that, like, you hear number 110 now and you go, eh. <laughs> you know how, how what number position in the class the number 110 recruit would be? It would be the sixth lowest rated recruit in this class right now. Sixth lowest. It's like we're so used to seeing top 100 kids saying, yeah, I'm going to Ohio State, that if it's not top 100, we're kind of like, oh, that's nice. Whereas most other schools, like like Minnesota got a top 100 kid this year for the first time in like 15 years, and it was like a 40-page th- 40 thread on their on their, their message board for 24-7 sports celebrating it. And OSU were like, eh, 110-rated kid. Cool, that'd be great. We're excited to have him, but like – I'm not going to, like, you know, take a Dwayne Long naked jaunt down the street over it because you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve higher-rated kids in this class alone already. And he's a big-time player, and you certainly want him. And I'd be thrilled to get him. But it's like – it's almost like we've had so much it's, – it's like, it's like the end of Thanksgiving dinner, right, where you've already eaten way too much turkey and pumpkin pie and stuffing – and you're looking over at it, and again, you're like, that looks so good, but I'm going to burst. That's how it kind of feels right now with OSU recruiting. We're literally so full of delicious turkey that we can't eat more turkey, and the turkey keeps coming. So <laughs> I think if you're Ohio State right now, the, the overabundance of, of, of riches is a really good way to describe what's going on. Let's finish talking about the actual 2020 Buckeyes, and let's stay in the defensive backfield. I did a piece for the site yesterday, backs, just looking at – you know, Ohio State reloading, best in America, BIA reloading in the secondary. Obviously, they lost two first-round picks. They lost a sixth-round pick in Jordan Fuller. The first-round picks, of course, being Jeff Okuda and the surprise pick with Damon Arnett. They thankfully have Sean Wade coming back. They could have lost all four starters. We'll be talking about them having four defensive backs taken in this previous draft. Um, so, thank goodness Sean Wade is back. I also think Seven Banks is going to make a huge jump. I think he's going to be a stud. You know, Cam Brown's a guy that I think is in position to also start if they go with three starting corners. I'm not convinced Kerry Combs is going to do that. Bill Green's pointed that out a lot, too, that I don't know, the, the days of the single high safety might be over. They might mix it in a little bit, but I don't know if they're going to go strictly with that. They had a perfect center fielder for it last year. But I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Coach Combs. Maybe, you know, maybe other than Seven Banks, you can talk about him a little bit, maybe other than Cam Brown, who were some – inexperienced defensive backs that you think are going to play big roles for the Buckeyes this year? Yeah, and before I say that, like, holy hell, Damon Arnett, right? Like, that was the most exciting part of the whole draft for me was I was hoping we get another first-round pick, and I'm sitting there thinking, maybe it's J.K. You know, heck, I even said on Twitter, I'm like, maybe somebody – the way this is going, maybe somebody will look at K.J. Hill with his hands. Nope. 
And then Damon Arnett out of nowhere gets the 19th overall pick. Talk about the OSU difference in terms of buying into the program. Damon Arnett nearly left the program last year saying he's ready to go play pro. And if he goes pro, he's a fifth or sixth round pick or something like that, right? Like he wasn't going to be anywhere sniffing the first day or two. And he comes back for a year. He buys into the system. He really buys in. He doesn't just say, I'm here and I'm working hard. He goes all out to really show, hey, I'm ready to do this, right? And that buy-in for him is literally the difference of tens of millions of dollars in terms of guaranteed signing bonus between the first-round average and the sixth-round average or whatever he might have been, right? And if you're OSU, you look at that and you go, this kid was ranked in the 600s nationally. He was on like the 70th or 80th rated corner in America. and We made him a first-round pick. That is so huge. So I'm so excited for Damon Arnett. He put a lot of hard work in and he did a fantastic job. And any of these guys we're talking about next year need to be really looking up to him to see what he's done because that's just – that is exactly what you want to see from your players doing what Arnett did this past year. Everything he did was, was nothing more than a great sales pitch to the NFL. And I think he's going to have a great NFL career. That said, looking at this upcoming season – uh, first of all, how great is it that Sean Wade's coming back? I mean, you can write him in the first round next year practically at eight. Uh, he's as good as any corner in the country. And he could have maybe been a first rounder again this year. OSU might have had four first round picks again. Um, and much like that Ballyhoo 2016 secondary where you ultimately had uh, three corners and a safety in the first round, you're kind of looking similarly to last year where you say, hey, you know, we had multiple first round corners. And, uh, and so that's exciting. Uh, but I do think that, obviously, Sean Wade is the linchpin of the defense. He, he's going to be a, a critical player in the secondary. He's easily going to be on the field virtually every play. We saw the impact just without him last year the, uh, um, in, in the playoff, and I really don't even want to think about that game because I just threw up my mouth a little bit. But uh, the truth is that Sean Wade's maybe the best corner in America this upcoming year. It's not an exaggeration to say that he's that good. And then you've got a couple guys. Obviously, Seven Banks has made some impact on special teams. It kind of reminds me a little bit of what we saw from Denzel Ward before Ward got to start full-time, making big special teams plays. When he played in the, the base defense, he looked pretty good. Um, and then Cam Brown's going to be interesting because, you know, he got on the field and he didn't do great at times. But I remember a lot of young OSU corners who got on the field and didn't do great at times their first time out there. I remember Gary on Conley, the year we won the national title in 2014, was just not great. He got, he got beat a lot. He turned into a first-round pick. So I think you have to be excited about Banks. I think you have to feel pretty good about Cam Brown. I think Tyreek Johnson's a kid who's going to really push to get on the field. I mean, he was a big-time recruit. I mean, he was one of the highest-rated recruits we've ever had come to campus. So, you know, you heard all the scuttlebutt behind the scenes about him getting better and, and quote, figuring it out. So he's a kid you have to expect is going to make a difference uh, this year. I really hope he makes a difference this year. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there I, I think is worth keeping in, mind, in the back of your mind. Uh, one of the early enrollees this year was Lathan Ransom. And our, set, our safety position is going through uh, some alterations, to say the least, because we may be going back to two high safeties, even instead of the one high like we've seen. So a, guy, a kid like Lathan Ransom may be able to fight his way under the field pretty early because if you look at the returning safeties at Ohio State right now, uh, you have Marcus Hooker and Josh Proctor. They're the only ones who are really back. I mean, because you've had your transfers, um, you know, you had Brendan White go to Rutgers. Jason Wentz, obviously not on the team anymore. Amir Reap's not going to be able to move back anymore. They're gone. We don't even need to mention them anymore because they're gone. So it's Marcus Tucker, it's Josh Proctor, and then it's the young guys, right? Um, 
I mean, you got Ronnie Hickman, who I, I, I suppose would be another kid who could make a difference too. But we haven't heard a lot about him yet. So I'm excited to see what Ransom does when he gets the opportunity to practice with the team because he at least enrolled early. He went through that winter conditioning. He's going to be more prepared than most of your young guys to make an impact right away. Uh, but the safety position is going to be real interesting this year because they just don't have that same experience there that they've maybe had in past seasons. Love it. Great stuff out of Matt Baxendale. We have a new system we are using to record the shows. If you like it, let us know. If you're listening on iTunes, you like the show, give us a five-star review. It helps. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. It helps. Appreciate Matt Baxendale. I appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.